I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. We're recording. There we are. There we go. Um, all, right. all right. Real quick, shout out to my sponsors. Uh, first, are you a coffee guy, Perry? Uh, in the morning, yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. Um, Dead Sled Coffee. Uh, follow them at Dead Sled Coffee on Instagram. Um, right. if, you, if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you get 15% off of your order. Any order over $40, you get free domestic shipping. Um, they're awesome. They have everything from, like, cold brew to tea to every kind of flavored coffee to regular coffee-flavored coffee, all that. Um, so deadsidecoffee.com. Uh, enter promo code Brooklyn Blast. Follow them everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Coffee. Another one, Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. Um, if you cannot go to the brick-and-mortar spot, go to uh, generationrecords.com. You can, there's a whole they, – there's links to their eBay. There's, uh, like, a basically, like, a Discogs place where, it's, you know, where, where you can buy pretty much anything that you could buy in the – So mom-and-pop type record store? It's, it's a mom-and-pop record store. They've been in the city since 92. Wow. You can get anything from vinyl to band T-shirts to hoodies Good to luck. books to – Everything. It's one of the last ones remaining. They've been there since '92. The owner Mark is a great guy, and they survived this pandemic, um, which is great to see. And uh, yeah, they're awesome. Old school, you know. I mean, mom and pop store. I mean, go digging in crates, look for vinyl. They have you know high end, you know, really really rare stuff. To I mean, like the other day, he posted on Instagram. It's like. If you come by, all these records in the front of the store are free. Just get them out of here. Just come <laughs> dig through and take what you want. You know, it's really cool. Right. So follow Generation Records on Instagram and check them out on Facebook too, Generation Records. I shouldn't have to explain all this. It's 2020. Um, yeah. Also, New Republic Printing. Um, follow them at New Republic Printing on Instagram. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, they have a drop-down menu where you could see every kind of brand of T-shirt, windbreaker, shorts, any kind of jerseys, anything you want printed on, they have it. Um, there's no screen fees. There's no setup fees. And like I say this all the time. You can order 10,000 shirts or whatever, and if you get it shipped to a commercial address like your job, it doesn't cost you a dime. It's free shipping to a commercial address. Nobody does that. Um so check them out at New Republic Printing on Instagram and Republic Print on Twitter and just Google New, uh, just go to New Republic on Facebook and you will find them. Shout out to Steve McCarthy. They also do embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons. So nice. with all of that being said, uh, after about a week delay, <laughs> but it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. No, it's not your fault, man. 
Um, oh, no, that was my fault. I mean, you know, and you always find it's like that one stupid little thing because I went through everything. I was like, all right, I know there's a camera or a microphone that's turned off in one of these apps, right? Yeah. You know, I went through all the basic ones and, uh, you know, it was just right there, you know. Yeah, it's 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 all right, man. Listen, before, but like like I said before, like before, <laughs> before like this whole pandemic thing, I didn't do this. I would only do it face to face with people. So it opened up like a whole new world for me, and I didn't know any of this stuff either, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll get into that in one second because I will say this is episode one hundred and eighty of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast with my guest, the third. Old school member of one of my favorite thrash bands ever, Violence, Perry Strickland. How you doing, man? My man. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So, like, like I said, you're the third person because, listen, I said this with Sean and I said this with Phil, and I don't give a shit if everyone listens and and I say the same stories all, all over and over again. Whatever, I don't care. Um, it's like my 15-year-old self during this time in 2020. Like, I would never think that when I was 15 years old watching this video. <laughs> wow. Okay? This one, um, which was my introduction to violence, that in 2020 that I'd be able to just sit here and just like you're in the room and just bullshit with you. So on a fan level, it's very fucking cool. I'll always be a fan of music, you know, and, and that's first and foremost. And that's why I do this. I don't make a dime off of doing this. I just... <laughs> I don't think anybody makes much money. <laughs> no, it's not. And if, you, and if you're in it for money, if you're in it for the money doing a podcast, because everybody and their mother has one, then just don't do it. But this is really cool, man. I think it also says a lot about metal. You know, there's a lot of people that just are in this genre of music because you just have to love it. You know, there is nothing else you get out of it than uh, what you put into it and your love for it. Sure. And you And it's uh, it's pretty basic, pretty pure. And uh, I think even yeah. over the years, even when we didn't talk to each other or we were... were our own thing you know and we weren't violence um i can honestly say that anytime anything has ever popped up you know and there have been some words between us where we're like we will never we will never play together ever again right you know i don't want to be in a room with you anymore you don't want to be in a room with me anymore and that happens with people that are uh constantly together I mean, of know, course it just it, and you got five egos and they're just you know at some point Someone says screw you and you say screw you back and that's how it works. But um violence, uh, we've we've always had funds where if anybody called anybody else after a few years, you know, or ten years or seven, you know, it was just like, Well, hell yes. Yeah. You know, uh I mean when Phil called when the benefit was happening for Sean and um Phil said, Hey man, will you will you go on stage and play a song with me. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Cause I mean, who wouldn't want to have that kind of fun? Of course, man. Yeah. It's like the, the loyalty factor. It's like, you know, listen, I, I, I'm into a lot of different things. I'm into like, 
obviously growing up, you know, I was, you know, all the classic stuff from my parents and all that stuff. And then, you know, I have an older sister. So I started, you know, and at the time it's not my fault, you know, um, you know, there was, it was like, like she was listening to like a lot of like the hair metal bands and there was always, the oh, yeah. you know, there was, I mean, cause you couldn't escape it. It was the MTV era. You just couldn't escape it. And I found, you know, like my, my friend, Tommy Mitchell, who I'm still friends with today. Like, you know, I, I'm friends with him for 30 years. Like we used to sit and watch Headbangers Ball and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And there was a place, it was, it was called Ciro's CD Cellar. And it was a tiny little spot. And I would used to have my allowance. What happened? Oh, you there? All right, cool. Yeah, I'm right here. All right, cool. No, you, you blanked out for a second. I got nervous. But, no, uh, it just said low battery again. And it's like, I'm just going to hook you right in. You're just good. plug it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to be good. All right, awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, it's like I would use like my allowance and go buy, like, you know, I, I, I turned on to, like, suicidal tendencies. And then I heard, like, as a matter of fact, the day that we're recording this, it's like Ride the Lightning turns like 36 years old today. Right, right. And it's crazy. And that just catapulted me into listening to Thrash and then stuff, you know, Testament. Now let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. Uh, okay, um, so like you said, like uh, Ride the Lightning, and because it came out today, um, you know, I was thinking about Ride the Lightning today, you know, and uh, a lot of us drummers are always get that 10 drummer, 10 day challenge or whatever. You always yeah. put people up there. Um, a lot of people will talk shit about Lars and, you know, maybe he's not the greatest drummer. I don't, I'm not one of those people. I think the guy's phenomenal. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I put him in his own league. I mean, maybe he doesn't blow some drummers away maybe, but the guy's an incredible drummer and he fits Metallica. Yeah. There's just something about it. Like you can say what you want about Phil Rudd from ACDC. Oh, right. it's basic. Anybody can play it. Sure. Nobody can play it the way Phil Rudd does. Correct. You know, nobody arranges it the way he does because they've done it without him. And you immediately know Phil Rudd is not playing it. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think the same would be true. I mean, same true was true with Slayer. I mean, Dave Lombardo had that. Same with Tom and Exodus, you know. Yeah. Um, even though great drummers came in and played with the band, and they were incredible themselves, right? So nothing about that, you right. know. There were top-notch drummers replacing top-notch drummers. Oh, without a doubt. But, but uh, there's something about Dave Lombardo. There's something about Tom Hunting. There's, um, there's just something about a lot of these drummers that just fit. Lars was one of them, you know. You, yeah. Uh, he just fits that band, and they, and they just, you know. What would what would Anthrax be without Charlie Benante in it? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, or Alex Van Halen, you know, not being in, you know, Van Halen. Obviously, Van Halen. As soon as you hear him, you're like, okay, that's Alex. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> so, um, I always grew up kind of like that in that genre, like you did, and you were talking about, you know, your sister turning you on to music, and uh, I have an older sister who lived in L.A. and she was in the punk scene. Okay. And so, I, I um, love I love punk and hardcore hardcore music. I love hardcore music. I love it. Yeah, it's she turned me on to it, right? So you know, um, Keith Strickland who plays in the um, B52s, you know, um, he was the original drummer, and then he became the guitar player, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was in, a, and it's kind of funny to say, right? But like in junior high school, and you know, 
uh, probably ninth grade. So seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you know, we were always going down to the beach and okay. uh, body surfing, surfing and shit, and listen to Wingle uh, Boingo and B-52s and okay. shit like that. But, yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the city, so we grew up on Santana and all the rock and roll and all that stuff, and then sure. got into that in high school. And then uh, I moved to Dublin, and um, I met, I moved into this town that was just in uh, really the coolest little town ever. That I, and I don't. It had to be a divine intervention. It had to be an act of God that somehow I moved into this little area, right, as a misfit without any direction, you know. And I I moved into this Dublin, California, and I was instantly surrounded by misfits with no direction. Awesome, you know, a bunch of people just you know so happy to be a part of anything. And music was that anything, yeah. you know, and. Uh, one of my best friends was Jerry Burr, who was the sing original singer of Violence, and um, Eddie Billy, which is Chuck Billy from Testament's younger brother. Wow. Now, a lot of people might not know that the Billy family was uh, a big part of Dublin, you know, the scene. And because they were, you know, big brothers, you know, and they were big guys and, you yeah. know, pretty tough guys, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Chuck, Chuck's a big boy, man. <laughs> well, and Eddie, Eddie, Billy and I were the, they're the youngest of the group. Right. And then there was his older brother, Andy, and then there was Chuck. And then he had two older brothers older than that. And they were both big. And, um, all of them had talent, you know, and his brother, Andy was a real great guitar player, fantastic talent. And, um, Eddie brought me into that. And these guys, so these guys were listening to the, um, harder stuff, right. A little bit more, rush um right when i first got there so i was getting out of the surfing stuff and i was starting mm -hmm. to get into some really cool metal that i'd never heard of you know right. um eddie y and t back in the day used to you know yesterday and today um they used to practice in a in a little city not too far from us and we used to go down on bark cut school you know five dollars by two joints oh yeah and we would have this amazing journey right so we'd go down there and we'd get to watch them play we'd go over and watch this band rockbound play and then we'd come home and then we we jam billy and i would jam in my uh in my rooms the two of us and and uh that's kind of what really got me into this type of metal and then that got me into the uh a, a mega force kind of stuff right that was just coming out on that underground you know and um, yeah as everything was starting to blow up and we were finding out about exodus and all that we were starting to jam this stuff on our own mm -hmm. and uh it really kind of got cool but when i hear people talk about the stories you know well yeah you know what uh, Eight of my friends, we had, uh, you know, a Lincoln Continental, and, you know, two of us rode in a trunk to get to San Francisco. To That's awesome. And, and I'm like, you know, that is so awesome, because I can remember Phil and I, with uh, with Jerry and a few other people, we were going up to uh, this mountain town, right, Burnville, where Exodus was playing. I think they were playing with Testament, actually, or Legacy. Okay. And uh, that was just this road trip that will ever be etched in my mind right so the lights go out in phil's dad's van we don't care we're driving on the freeway with no headlights right <laughs> got pulled over like four times for no 
Uh, yeah, Warlock was actually before Death Penalty. Nice, of course, um, it was Warlock. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that was a cool one. Now, we were still way, way in high school, right? So, uh, you ever see the shirts that he wears on Two and a Half Men? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so me and Ben, he was a singer at the time. We had we had matching shirts, man, with our names logoed on it and stuff, you know. And <laughs> it's probably like ninth grade, right? You know, you just you think you're so cool. And it's like, wow. I yeah. see the pictures with the feathered hair and the plastic comb and the shirt with <laughs> yeah. my name on it in case I forgot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I always settle, you know. Yeah, I always I always get a kick. Whoever I speak to who's in who's in a band, I always love to know like the first names of their bands because they always try to be extra brutal and crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's I find because it's high school early teenage mentality and I find the hysterical. Right. Of course. Right. I mean you should have seen how it went violence went over. Violence was like, well, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, but think about all the angles we have and think about it's just, you know, it's violence. We are violent. It is violent. We need to be violent, you know. That's it. But Simple. The cell, the cell was about a day. And then after that, I think everybody went home. And after they got over the fact that it was my idea, maybe, and not theirs or whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, it's all right. Well, that's cool. It's uh-huh. better than death penalty. So listen, death penalty's not a bad name. I get it. It's not. It's not. But I think violence just somehow magically worked better for the group that it became. What was you know, awesome. we were violent we were violence before Sean was in it. You know, mm-hmm. so that just that that was uh that was just luck. Fate, <laughs> I guess. Who 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 decided, which I think is great too, who decided to hyphenate the word? I, it was a. I, I believe it was a girl who was just drawing the logo. Okay. And I think I'm not sure. And then uh, you know, to be honest, you probably have to ask Sean or Phil. Okay. Phil's got the steel trap of a mind. He doesn't forget anything. Right. I mean, that guy will get you down to the time and date. You know, you remember the sun was out. It was three o'clock. It was a cold morning. You know, you're like, <laughs> right. No, Phil, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that shit at all. Yeah. That's great, yeah. man. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> You know, right. so what's what's crazy because I do have like because you know I I almost forgot the name of the band Heathen because I don't have it written down because I'm like half right. you know, whatever. But um, it's crazy because I like like I said, it was this is the hard and heavy thrash and mead speed metal special from 1980. Oh, 88, 89. 89. Yeah. So that was my that was my introduction. And calling in the coroner is on that video. So, right, I think when I got that, Oppressing the Masses had just already come out. Because I got it this in, in 89. I probably got this in like 90, and that's when Oppressing yeah. the Masses came out. Which it's crazy that Eternal Nightmare turned 32 this year in June. Right. And Oppressing the Masses is 30 years old in July this month. Yeah. It's I mean, just to think that anybody still listens to it is pretty dude, amazing. Dude, I mean, I can't, it's crazy. Fa- I can't pick a favorite or anything like that. I mean, th- there's moments that bring me back and certain things, yes, within both records. But Oppressing the Masses is constantly somewhere on rotation all the time, as well as Eternal Nightmare. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's been that way for 30 years. You know what I mean? It's been yeah, that's funny. 
you know, because I turned it off. I mean, I think that when we, uh, when Phil joined Machine Head, you know, we were kind of done and we were all ready to go do our own thing and put the big boy pants on and, you know, get a mortgage and uh, take care of business. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really listen to a lot of violence, except for when friends were like, you know, bring it up you know, camping or, you know, whatever we go do. And someone always would play it yeah. other than that. So when we got back into it to do this reunion, man, I'll tell you, I, I had to get back into it and try and play it. And it gave me a whole new appreciation for whatever the hell I was doing. Cause there are times yeah. I'd sit down, I go like, why did I have to do all that? It's like, how, it's like, how old were you when you were tracking drums for eternal nightmare? How old were you? Uh, probably 21, That's 22. insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. You know, 32 yeah. years later, they keep on doing what you were doing on fucking, you know, fucking bodies yeah. on bodies. It's just insane. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, actually, you know. The, I'm sure. Uh, the second reunion was really not all that much fun. And uh, to be honest, and uh, we still all had some issues with each other that we weren't ready to get over yet. You know, and this time... You know, this time, I think when we all got together, especially Sean, Phil, and I, there were a lot of things where we were just, look, man, we just got to accept each other for who we are. Yeah. We've got to let all that shit go. Yeah. And we have to start brand new and fresh from here on out. Yeah. And um, we all got to be willing to do that. And we have been. Um, we tried to work it out with everybody. Uh, obviously, some things don't work out personnel-wise. Uh, schedules and people's lives, you know, they sure. just pick up and do a band like this part time and have a job and keep everything. It's sure. not an easy task. No way. And, uh, so, you know, we've had to make some changes, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask because when I first saw, I thought, I thought that getting Bobby was was fucking great. And then I know that Dean was back in the band for a little while, and I know he's not in the band now. Yeah, uh, Bobby is somebody I've known forever. I'm, you know, sure. I, my, I'm the one who had the relationship with Bobby as far as being friends. And, and um, Bobby and I tried to put a band together with Billy Milano back in like 93, I think, called Bully Dance. Okay. And um, Billy uh, Milano, that's a, that's a character right there. I had Billy uh, on here. Billy, I, 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 a lot of people have problems with Billy. I don't. Me neither. I love Billy. So Billy do I. Is, Bobby and I, what's funny is a lot of people always look at us because Bobby and I do this New York thing. We're like, Ma, Mom, out of milk, Mom. <laughs> and that's us doing our interpretation of Billy, you know, like, Ma, where's yeah. the milk? Yeah. You know, and uh, nobody gets it but Bobby and I, but, you know, that's that's us making fun of Billy, you know. Um, Billy was, uh, he's a crazy dude, man, and he's, uh, you're either going to have a really great time hanging around Billy. Yeah. Or you're not. Right. I had a great time. Yeah. Oh, me too. I like, I, I, I can't say I know, I can't say I know him very well, you know, but I, I, they, they played St. Vitus here in Brooklyn. I don't know, like last year. And the drummer hit me up and was like, you know, would you want to do an, they did a split set MOD SOD set. And he was like, yo, would you want to do, like, a podcast with the band? I'm like, fuck yeah, I would. Why wouldn't yeah. I? 
So me and Billy, it turned into the Billy Milano show. And of, of course. course it did. Of course it did. But before right. that, me and him, we just went, there was a, there's like a little taco spot like right next to the venue. And we were just sitting there just eating tacos. And it's like, if you don't know Billy, this is like the only, like the, the conversation, like an intimate, normal conversation besides on the podcast that I had with him. He's so not a stupid person. He's very oh, intelligent. No. No, you know, like we were having a great conversation. It was awesome to hang out with him because we had a great time. You know, I got, yeah. I got him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He saw cast. Yeah, I mean, you can he either, says what you he can wants. Blow him up and, and, and not take and take him too serious. Right. Or you could just approach him like a human being. And, um, and he, he, you know, I think he probably gives off what he gets. Of course. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like if you're, if you're down to earth and respectful with Billy, I mean, that's what you get. Sure. Unless you're drinking and you start talking shit and you're eating dinner. Um, not going to get, that's not going to end well. <laughs> well, it gets fun. You of know, course. I mean, you know, I've been kicked out of a few restaurants with Billy before. Cause you know, he loves to eat. <laughs> <laughs> what was the yeah. name of the band? So you, you and Bobby Gustafson and Billy were going to create a band. Yeah, it was called Bully Dance. That's awesome. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, it was probably the end of 93, so everything for metal was really just taking a shitter. Yeah, that's you a know, weird um, All the hair bands, yeah, the, the Seattle stuff. Grunge was coming out where yep. Seattle basically decided to dress like everybody in the Bay Area and called it a new thing, and it wasn't. Right. But, it, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. So, you know, the more power to them, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm I'm always just happy our music lasted. You know, I think that's the best part. You know, people still dig it. We go play places and uh, people show up. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, you know, it's... You, and you just what an honor and a blessing to have made any music, you know, and have someone still like it after 32 years. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So we've, we've, been, uh, we've been working our asses off. You know, and uh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. Sean goes live. I see. I, I, I'm, I'm I have my finger on the pulse. I'm watching. You know, what's funny is that you know we probably could have wrote twelve songs by now. If we were a normal band. Instead, we only got three done because we we've probably written and rewritten and written and rewritten and written and rewritten so many times. Yeah. You know, and it's always a little thing. You know, and uh, it's really it's really been testing. And it's really been a blast all at the same time. Right. You know, um, we've been pretty good about, you know, we'll be two and a half, three hours in the studio. and We'll just kind of all look at each other like, okay, we done today? Yeah, we're done. Okay. And we'll just walk out. You know, we, right. we try not to, to uh, frustrate one another too much or go past the fun part, you right. know, where it's like, you know, <laughs> of course. it's been good. And there are three songs... Uh, that I'm very, very proud of, and I'm really excited. And I know we'll start working on two more and to finish the EP. Um, there are a lot of people that are just like, can you just finish it? Can you hurry up? And it's like, no. Yeah. Um, Don't rush it. What, what, Listen, pe pe people waited. I mean, when did Nothing to Gain come out? What was 93? that? Right. So, yeah. For, for the first time, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know. I mean, you have decades. In between, yeah. and now people get the you know you, they know that all right you you have a, a deal with Metal Blade you put out an EP so all of a sudden everybody is like hurry up hurry up now everybody relax 
Everyone relax. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that, you know, a lot of us were out of it. Sean hadn't written any songs. Uh, maybe in 03, we, were work we had two songs that we were starting to write before Phil left for Machine Head. Right. Outside of that, I don't think he's really written songs or too many. I didn't really play drums. I mean, there's probably 13 years where I just didn't play drums. I was oh. riding motocross, camping, uh, hanging out with my friends and um, just doing a lot of other stuff. I yeah. didn't, you know, I had a drum set in my living room and, uh, but I just walked by it on my way to get coffee in the morning for probably about 10 years, you right. know, not sit down too much and uh, just happens, yeah. you know, um, yeah. you, got you, into other stuff. You, you know what I really didn't speak about with Sean and Phil? I never, we didn't really talk, we touched on, but me and Phil, I, I, we, me, we touched on nothing to gain a little bit, but we didn't talk okay. about torture tactics at all. I don't know why. Um, well, torture tactics should have been on Eternal Nightmare. It should have been on Oppressing the Masses. Um, not quite sure. I don't remember exactly why it wasn't on Eternal. I definitely remember why it wasn't on um, Oppressing. And it was, you know, one line that said, hey, we got your daughter just down the hall. Hey, fucker, can you hear her call you daddy? And that got the song banned. Uh, uh, from the from Triple Gore, you know, and uh, you know, that, the I didn't know, I didn't know that. So friendly, yeah, they're so friendly to everybody that they needed to censor our album. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't the weirdo conservatives that everybody talks about. <laughs> right, those were your liberal friends, right? Right, and uh, at the same time, like Atlanta wanted, Atlantic wanted to, was dropping us for distribution and whatnot. They turned around and signed two two live crew. You know, all within like two day period. And you're like, okay, obviously this isn't about content. No. You know, and, you know, that's what happens, you know, I mean, and I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to say people talk about white privilege. I guess that was my white privilege was to be shelved for using a four letter word while someone else can use the N word and everybody else. Right. Which personally, it's freedom of speech. If right. you want to use the N word, use the N word. Use whatever word you want, yeah. you know, because I feel me or you as a person we have the right to buy it or yeah. not buy it. And right. that's really where it lies. I don't need anybody to make that decision for me. Exactly. But they seem to want to make that decision for us. And then, of course, you know, it was all downhill after that, you know. Right. Because, yeah. you know, in the record business, so many things just have to happen. And your luck just, it all has to flow, you know. And yeah. every time something happens to that flow, uh, it's <laughs> it's just... A bad, it leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth and you know a lot of people are like let's move on to the next project and right the next project wasn't us <laughs> right so. oh, yeah which is which is right. ridiculous and unfortunate and what's another thing that 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 I, I believe i learned from speaking with sean is that you know i put it into perspective my 15 16 year old brain is watching like you know the world in a world video and i know that this whole thrashing it's huge and you know you have Megadeth and all these bands and they are Rust in Peace comes out and all this stuff, the Black yeah. Album or whatever. And, and then you have Oppressing the Masses and Testaments, uh, Practice What You Preach and all this stuff. But you guys hardly even toured on Oppressing the Masses. Right. Which is like terrible to have learned that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, like you, didn't, you didn't even like, 
You didn't, I would, I would figure you'd have think, a world tour. Well, at that time, too, everything was really taking a shit. Fuck. In the industry. I know. I mean, you had, you had things turning over to digital sales, right? So I think that messed a lot of record companies up as far as how they manipulated their own sales and made their own money. Because let's face it, they, they probably pirated their own records and undercut us by, you know, I don't know how many thousands of records. But, you know, you grease the wheel, the wheel gets spinning. That's how you get moving. Yep. You know, so some of it, yep. some of it isn't always good, but in the overall cause, it's just how it works, right? Yeah. You know, uh, record labels do not sign big money. Right. You know, and uh, if you're making money, you'll make a record. If you're not, well, you won't. <laughs> right. Oh, you know? So crazy. Because, I mean, right. it, was, it was, like, perfect. Like, that record was, is incredible. It was just seen so fitting for the time. And for you guys to not to, not to get your, your proper due, it was always, like, for me, God only knows what you guys were feeling. Like, for me as a fan, I'm like, it's fucking it's sad and unfortunate because these guys should be so much bigger than yeah. they are. Well, you know, after I left violence to do the little Billy Milano thing with Bobby, you know, we did that and that didn't work out. I just quit. You know, I just, I had had it, you know, I was like, the industry doesn't want us to win. Right. It doesn't even want to be fair. And, right. you know, I can just go get a job here at home and I can make 10 times the money I'd ever make in a band. Sure. You know, and I did, and I do, right. yeah. <laughs> you know. All my stuff I have in life didn't come from violence. Right. <laughs> you know, it came from working my ass off, you know, and that's okay. You know, I think the same is true for uh, Sean and everybody else. I mean, it's the way it goes. I mean, Dean, Dean works for Muni for the bus company, you know, and he has a great pension. Uh, he's a single dad. He's responsible you know, his daughter's health care, uh, there, you know, basically just didn't want to take the chance. Right. It was very hard for him to give that up <clears throat> just to be in a band like violence, you know, yeah. as much fun as it is. And as much fun as I know he wanted to be a part of this, you know, yeah. it killed him. Um, and it kills me. I miss him a lot, you know, and, yeah. look, and, and don't get me wrong. I love Christian. Christian is a bro. Yeah. You know, he's one of my brothers, man. I mean, I, I don't think anybody could have fit in this band. Don't. It just, uh, and it happened, it happened flawlessly. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even put that into words. I've never been in a band that worked with people where, you know, two people come in and you instantly, like, I could look over at Phil and I can see the sparkle in his eye. Like, he'll, he'll have his poker face on, you know? Yeah. But I could just look over there, and I could just see the wheels are spinning, and he's he's like, oh, wow. Yeah. All right, cool. Now now I can write some stuff, and he's, he just, he's just like, wow. You know, I've been that way the whole time. I, I always wanted to work with Bobby, but uh, Christian and I didn't have any idea about him until I met him, uh, you know, six, eight months ago. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, he, was in, he was in Power Flow. He's in a bunch of other bands, no? Yeah, Fear Factory, uh, Cypress Hill. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. He's worked with some big people, and um, 
the great part about Christian is Christian has always been a violence fan, I guess. Right. You know, I didn't know, you know, but always. And, you know, he wanted to be in a thrash metal band. He wanted to be in violence. I mean, he wants, you know, it's not just a gig, right? It's like he he wants this band to succeed and he wants to be a part of it. Yeah. Which I think everybody does when they join a band. But there's a there's another level of that. You know, this guy's done a lot of things. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate. Um, he's accomplished a lot. And what does he want to do? Well, he wants to come jam with me, Sean and Phil and Bobby. That's fucking and, uh, awesome. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I want to jam with Phil, Sean, Bobby, and Christian. And I sure. think, he, uh, you know, Bobby, Bobby wants to jam with me, Phil, Sean, and Christian. And it just goes on, right? And uh, there, we've only jammed together probably twice. I think is a full band that's it for like three or four days you know and Bobby and Christian will stay up at my house and um because you know I got a nice house with a pool and a studio on the side yard and everything so everybody can nice. chill and have a good time and uh I these guys did all their homework and when we got in it wasn't like well you know Phil would show Bobby a couple parts here and there you know that are hard to figure out but for the most part I sat down and clicked off an opening set of about an hour and a half worth of songs and we slammed through them right yeah. like we've been playing for months you know and i've yeah. never i've never experienced that you know where uh people just showed up that you barely even knew learned all your music and you just click some you click some stuff off and it just happens that's awesome and everybody man. you know i know sean Sean and Phil and I were all looking at it so like, holy shit, man, I can't wait for this band to get out. Yeah, um, man. Because we've only, we've only scratched the surface, you know, and I think that's what gets me really excited. I think it gets everybody else excited. Um, it's that high school kind of 20-year-old uh, happy mentality, you know, where, you know, uh, you just can't wait. You know, I mean, I'm stretching. I've never practiced or played as much as I do now. You know, right. I mean, I, I just never practiced. I hated practicing. <laughs> but Listen, man, <laughs> at the end of the day, like we, like we touched on before, man, you just got to be having fun doing this shit, man. You know, I mean, I mean, you use all, I mean, obviously I don't have to say it to anybody, but you know, everyone has lives, everyone has jobs, everyone's adults, yeah. everyone's kids and everything. So it's a completely different ball game. But so at the end of the day, if you're having fun, man, that's really all that matters. And I think it's awesome that Metal Blade, you guys have a great relation with Metal Blade. And I don't think I have to tell you this either. And I touched on it with Sean, especially Sean was saying it, that, I'll put it out there. There's a lot of expectation with this win, you know? There is. There is. And, and I think and, you guys are well aware of that. Well, that would be where the writing and the rewriting and the writing and the I knew it. Of course. Yeah. You know? And uh, there, I, I mean, literally, there is stuff that I have to stretch out and warm up for for like 20 minutes before... I would even really like to sit down and barely try to get through it. And Phil is the same way. I've seen Phil over there just strumming on his guitar, warming up. And he's just, and he's, and, he's, and it's, a, I can see him 
just writing things to a point to where he has difficulty playing it. Right. And um, when it comes out, I think people are just going to be, holy shit. I can't wait. The level of, uh, the level of speed and um, just straight out that 4-4 tempo, bass drum, mashing the tempo all the time, just bam, 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 is there. Oh, I and can't wait. Sean, that, can't wait. That fucking guy's on fire, man. I mean, I don't know, you know, obviously almost losing his life really lit a fire under his ass. Dude. Because uh, he's on fire, man. And the lyrics he's writing, I mean, when I when he sends them to us and we're all sitting down reading, we're just like, you demented son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love and it's it. so good, you know. None of it is traditional. None of it is uh, anything that you'll see any an, any composer write. You right. will never see lyrics written like that. There's... Um, right. There's something to an untrained professional, you know, and Sean's not a trained professional. Right. You know, he does this purely out of his out of his head. Yeah. You know, and what he thinks this is going to be. And I think that's the beauty of a lot of people who aren't traditionally thought, whether you're a drummer or a singer, or is that you have not allowed yourself to build up these musical boundaries. Right. Right. On what is right and what's wrong because there is no right and wrong it's just creating and um when it if you read his lyrics and stuff you're like okay that's one thing if you were to try and sing the music you'd be like how did you get 15 words in that one <laughs> <laughs> right how did he do that you know how did he cram all that in there and and um it's not like when you listen to pearl jam and there's yellow yum and sun and you're like yellow Lemon's arms raised in a V, lemon, lemon yellow sun, right? <laughs> like, that is not what he says, man. It right. comes out all yellow, yellow, lemon, no sun. Like, what the? Sean, you, if, 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 you can, if you know what the lyrics are, right, you can hear him pronounce every phrase, man. And, uh, some people don't like his vocals. I don't see anybody else uh, ever being in violence or ever replacing Sean Killian. There's no, just that's, one that, of them. That's, that's one of the things yeah. that are so unique about violence is Sean's voice. That's what sets yeah. you guys apart. And that's only a small part of it. His voice sure. is a small part. It's his delivery. It's how he writes. It's how he attacks the song. Yeah. Um, that really is just ferocious. I mean, yeah. it's an 800 pound gorilla that weighs about 140 pounds holding the microphone. You know, I mean, he's insane. Yeah, I fucking love it. And, uh, is there, is there, is there, know, is, I get the best seat in the house. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do in fact, you, I, I've gotten lost before. Phil gives me, Phil gives me that over the shoulder eye, like. What the hell are you doing, right? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was watching the show. <laughs> nice. I was just watching Sean and you run around. I'm like, where are we? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Try and get back into the show, you know. Oh, like, okay, uh, shit. You know. Do, you, do you have, is, are you able to tell me any working titles for any of the songs or the EP or anything like that? 
Well, did Sean? No, but I, I mean, but I recorded with Sean like four months ago. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, one of the songs, you know, and these are not official. You right. Know, this is every song gets a title, you know, because it's a working title, right? Sure. So I can't say that these are Sean's titles of the songs. These are just the working titles. You know, one is Screaming Always. Okay. Um, one is Flesh for Bone. And uh, and I believe the newest one is Let the World Burn. Love it. Let the World Burn is probably my favorite by far. It is the hardest by far. It has, uh, it's just fucking insane. Nice. I mean, it is so insane, and it's all over the it's all over the place. But has such a great flow. Um, you know, I know when I work with Phil because there's times when Phil will call me and he's like, "Hey, you want to jam today?" And I'm like, "Well, of course." You know, I put everything down. I run down the studio, and him and I, he's got some ideas. We immediately will start jamming them, and uh, I could just, you know tell that in his mind man he is just there's there's a lot of pressure you right. know what i mean like because you know this is phil build up machine head this is phil demo what is phil demo gonna do you know <laughs> and um i'm just i'm so happy and blessed and lucky to just be a part of any of it right and uh, yeah that i just get to dig on it and uh and I'm, I'm jamming with my friends from high school i mean phil and i have known each other since 10th grade that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we man. have a lot of history. Some good, some not so good. But you know, sure, um, we've we've worked all that shit out. And uh, being on stage with your friends for over thirty five years is uh, it's crazy, man. You know, and it's just sometimes it's just us against the world, and uh, that's cool sometimes too, right? You know, sure. And then uh, there are a lot of times when uh, people will come up, you know tell us the stories about, you know, Hey, I saw you back in this day and man, you know, the three of us will sit back and just take it all in, you know, like, wow, that is when you were a young man, like me or Phil or, and, and, and Sean, even, you know, Sean worked for Metallica as a roadie and stuff like that and did all that stuff in the Bay area. You know, we all were in the scene. We all hung out. We all went to shows. We all have crazy stories. Right. So when you, if you get to hear someone else's crazy story, right, you immediately identify with it. And you're like, wow, that's really, really cool. And that person has a story because of our band, you know, uh, and that's cool. You know, they made, they made violence what it was, you know? Yeah, and, man. Uh, we and were that, doing the same thing. with people, man. Like, like that sticks with people big time. It's like, like I, I confess to Phil and to, and to Sean that when you guys played Brooklyn, my girlfriend had already got us tickets and we went to go see, it was Slayer's final show right. ever in New York. And it was the same. Right. Phil night. had to go leave and see that. Right. I think. Yeah, he took off the way, like, where the hell Phil? He's over at Slayer. <laughs> right. He's over at the garden. He's over yeah, at the he makes it back. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then, you know, it's like it, it'll always stick with me, like watching this thing. And like I remember like exactly where I was. I was 15, you know what I mean? Like I remember exactly where I was, and that stuff kind of sticks with you. And like I said, like once I saw that, I'm like, 
like like that you guys were the band that stuck out in that video there's a million bands in there but i was like yo and then i went out and i bought a press in the masses and then i got eternal nightmare so all of that stuff like what like childhood shit and early teenage all that stuff sticks with you like i'll never forget that and all yeah. the things that i've been through in life ups downs this that kid everything like i remember all that shit you know what i mean i have a story to yeah. tell I mean, it's, you know it's it's, it's and a you know what's cool is I don't I don't remember anybody. You know, I remember there were probably some schisms here and there, but I don't really remember anybody not being able to be a part of the scene. Right. Okay. If you're a Filipino, Asian, black, white, yellow, purple, blue, green, brown. Yeah. You know, if you had long hair, if you didn't have long hair, I mean, uh, whatever, right? You know, you probably bumped some heads here and there, but for the most part, everybody was welcome. And, yeah. Uh, still is. Of and, course. Uh, and that was kind of the cool part of it, you know, yeah. um, that I look back on and I think, yeah, that is, you know, we were assholes, you know, when we were young, we were probably conceited, pushy yeah. assholes. But, uh, you know, I think uh, looking back on it, I think that was probably the coolest part of it. Of course. You know, everybody kind of tripped around and, you know, we talked a little shit to one another, but for the most part, we loved each other. Of course, man. Well, you're kids. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, it comes to the territory. I was an ass. Right. Well, you know, (laughs) you're taught that if you want anything, you better go out and get it and kick ass to get it. But at the same time, you got to love your brother. So when you're a young man, you got to figure that out. Find that balance, right? (laughs) Right. It can be confusing. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Is, is, Is there like any sort of like a a tentative around about give or take a month or two date for this EP. No, it's not, not at all. Which is also no. very cool because it speaks, it speaks about how you're not being pressured by your label. That's a great thing. Well, we're not pressured by anybody but us. Right. I mean, it'll always be that way from here on out or it won't work. It mm-hmm. just won't. Um, I mean, we're all grown up men, you know, we're all in our fifties at this point. You're not pushing us around, you know, that's right. not going to happen. Right. It's just not. And, uh, you know, if you put something out that shit or you're not happy with, well, then your future's in jeopardy anyway. So right. you might as well take the extra time, do it right. Absolutely. And, uh, we're not, you know, I, I, I want to say we're not worried about what other people think, but of course we are. Of course. Um, but I, I can definitely say that this album's being written more on a personal level. Okay. Like, this is, this is uh, it's personal for me. I know it's extremely personal to Phil. Yeah. And oh, I'm sure. You take, you, take, you take Phil and I, and you times that by 10, and that's how much it means to Sean. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's on another level, man. He, uh, and he loves it. I mean, this guy, he takes charge of everything, handles a lot of stuff, works his ass off. Um, and to be surrounded by people like that, Phil, Sean, Christian, Bobby, good people. Um, you just have to feel blessed and feel like the future's bright. And uh, sure, this can't, I can't describe how much I look forward to just going out with this, this group. I, I, I don't think you even have to attempt to describe it. Just your, <laughs> just your excitement for the past like hour has it speaks yeah. enough. You don't have to try to. Explain. Well, you know, I I hate practice. Like I think I mentioned that. You know, and um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. Can can you see? 
I'm going to walk over here. So here is my TV, right? My little gotcha. Okay. I don't know. Can you, can you see my practice pads? I do. All right. So I wake up in the morning with coffee when I'm not in my studio, which is outside <laughs> on the side of the house, which I have both my drum sets in, nice. and all that. I'm sitting right there doing practicing. Yeah. Um, I used to never do that. Now I wake up and do that. I wake up and I'm like, boing, I got to get out of bed and I have some coffee. And I'm just, I got the feet on my pedals. That's awesome. And, that, that's, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, we touched on it before. Oh, you actually said it with, with Sean. I mean, he has like a new lease on life and which is yeah. his, his whole story could be an episode in and of itself. It's unbelievable what that guy yeah. went through has gone through and where he is at now it's it's incredible um phil as well i mean from violence to machine head he was in machine head for like 16 years and yeah and then whatever happened with that happened and and yeah so i'm sure of course he has a flame under his ass too and you just see you just seem you just seem like a kid at christmas time I uh yeah. excited, man. Birthday, all at the same time. Like if your birthday was on Christmas and you had two sets of parents <laughs> and they were both millionaires. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, I got the Trans Am in the driveway and the Harley Davidson. So Sick. <laughs> how can you go wrong? You know? That's awesome. But, uh, it, it is a lot. And you know what's funny is, you know, we still talk a lot of shit to each other. You have you to. Know, um I guess you do, you know, I didn't think we had to, but you know, we, we push that boundary a lot, you know? Um, yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's like, ah, I love you, bro. All right. All right. It's all good. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, there's always that little, uh, <laughs> give and go a little bit. It's still there, which is good. You know, um, nobody's afraid to give anybody a, a mouthful of crap. And, right. Well, you know, each other forever did, except for Christian, but so it's all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christian is, uh, <laughs> he's a seasoned vet. <laughs> he, yeah, he knows the deal, of course. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and you know, Christian is the coolest cat ever, man. Yeah. I mean, same with Bobby. I mean, these are just guys, I, you know, when we're not playing or if we're done playing, we'll sit in the backyard, we'll have a few drinks, and we'll, we'll sit and we'll listen to some Slayer. We'll listen to all these different bands, and we'll start breaking it down. Oh man, listen to the production of this. Listen to the snare drum on this one, you know? And, uh, yeah, we'll sit out here in my patio for like eight hours and we'll just listen to, to songs and shit and, uh, and just have a good time talking about production, get just geeking out. Love it. To music, you yeah. know? And, uh, I never used to do that ever with anybody. And, uh, it's made a lot of fun. I do that with uh, Dave McLean every once in a while, you know, um, and you know, drummer for ex drummer for machine head and uh, yeah. drummer for sacred rights. Yeah. Uh, him and Tom hunting were really, really, uh, really good as far as uh, helping me out mentally, getting back into playing like two years ago. Okay. You know, um, Dave was always really good. Like, Hey, try this, set your pedals up this way, do this, set this up, try this, you know, and um, just was always a cool dude, always there for me, still is. You know, yeah. I can call Dave anytime he'll answer the phone. Um, Tom Hunting, uh, always one of my biggest influences, you know. Um, 
I'd probably put Tom Hunting up there with Neil Peart. Really? Um, as far as my influences, you know, as a young man, I would play to Rush albums over and over and over. Um, when it came to thrash metal, Tom Hunting was the game changer, you know. Um, just the stuff he did was just like, and it was straight ahead for four time. So it wasn't this weird count, you know. It was really straight ahead rolls, but really, really fast. Crazy bass drum stuff, but really, really fast. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. And, you know, it was really more, can you, can you keep up? with Tom right. Hunting, you right. know, and I'd like to think that maybe my stuff is a little bit more on that genre. It's okay. not stuff that you physically can't learn or play. Right. Let's see if you can play it for a half hour and see how you feel after that. Dude, that's one thing you I know, always and, wondered uh, about drummers. That's one thing I always wondered about drummers. It's like... How yeah. are you doing that for so long? Like, you just do it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not musically inclined. I'm huge into it, and I listen constantly, and I know history, and I know the ins and right. out that way. But as far as being musician, I'm, I'm, I get behind the drums. I'm a spaz. I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's terrible. It's just bad. So well, I don't, you know, Phil calls me. Phil calls me the spastic weasel. He did call you that on his episode. He called you that on his episode, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he did. He did. He's like, he's five days. He's like, passing out like the weasel. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yep. It's but, out there. He called you. He said that. <laughs> yeah, he did. So I, that's probably one of the nicer compliments. So I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's like your brother. Yeah. No, he, Phil, is, Phil rides my ass pretty damn hard as far as, uh, you know, when it comes to playing, you know, I mean, that guy would nitpick me to death. And um, well, he's like the he's like a consummate professional. I mean, he's a professional. You I, know, he really, he really is. And um, you know, so getting back into it and then being nitpicked like that is so difficult. And uh, he's been like, "Well, do you want me not to say anything?" And it's like, "Well, no, of course I want you to say something." You know, right. and um. <laughs> I will, I will say, you know, Phil always makes the extra time. Like, if he knows, uh, like, for two songs, there's like, okay, he's like, why don't you and I get together and we're going to bang out sections, right? We're going to go to each section and we're going we're gonna, to uh, piece these out. We're going to so we have more pattern to it, you know, because I'll play shit different every time. <laughs> you know, I will. And uh, so we, he, would, he would have time lot of patience to get me up to speed and, and uh, help me get there. And uh, it's really paying off. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I think only now after two years am I slowly starting to feel like I'm okay. I'm going to get this. I'm, getting, I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, but I, I can feel the momentum and all the working is paying off. And you know, um, starting to get there. There are those really good days when I walk out of my home studio. I'm like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah, I think you. I think you'll <laughs> you be know, fine. And there's some days when it's just like I feel retarded. Right. I I, I think you'll be fine. I I, I I have complete faith, bro. Absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. Well, you know, 
I think part of the working hard comes from them too. You know, I mean, you don't want to let Phil down. Can't let Sean down. Um, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just not, not develop your ability to play a part because you can't play it. No, you're going to work your ass off. So you're going to develop that that skill set, and you're going to play it. <laughs> there right. is no other answer to that. You right. know? And we're getting there. It's good. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and watching Phil struggle with his own stuff is is, is hilarious sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's just, just ridiculous to see even think about. And uh, if yeah, and if I if I change the the tempo like by five beats or ten beats per minute, it's over. He can't he can't play it because the strumming and all the down picking, you know, you're we're already doing you know two hundred and ten beats per minute. So you know, if I hit two fifteen or two twenty. You know, it's like he's like <laughs> giving me that look, like, will you slow down? Because he puts all this tasty stuff in everything he does. So yes. it has to be precisely at the correct tempo in order for all of it to come out. Right. You know, which is definitely something we all want. And uh it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun being in violence lately and uh Fucking and creating and uh yeah, I mean, I really can't wait to just finish this right. and play some shows with the new group. And I look forward to next year when the five of us start working on an album, you know, which we've already talked about. And that's kind of our mindset as it sits right now. Of course, everything changes and yeah. nothing is set in stone. But um, but, that, I, but, that, uh, but just, just, just to be able to have that mindset that that's even a possibility in 2020 yeah. for you guys is amazing, dude. Or 2021, 2022. Right. You know, I mean, I would have never thought that. I mean, honestly, I mean, three, four years ago, I was looking for setting up all my finances and stuff to get ready to retire. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and here I am, you know, now I'm changing all my finances and stuff around to allow me to do this and travel around the world with the band and uh, do the record and stuff like that, which is awesome. take my, my wife, uh, my wife to, you know, Europe and stuff like that and let her see some stuff Shh. and travel with me here and there and the family it'd be kind of cool you know so you know you probably got friends over the world too right yeah you know um as well as i do you know i mean it's it's not uncommon to just go to to london and hang out at a friend's house you know and (laughs) right who can do that not not a lot of people not a lot of people go hang out with friends and that's that's some cool stuff man it makes the world a smaller place for sure Without and when it becomes a smaller place, it becomes a better place, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because then, you yeah. know, then we're yeah, we're all human. There's just shitty people everywhere. That's all. Everywhere you go. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of good people, too. So Absolutely. Seek them out. Find them. Be their friend. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, That's fucking great, man. Yeah. So now I, I know that you're biased right now because of the new stuff that you're doing. And... Are you? A, I have to ask. I'll put it bluntly. Are you a fan of nothing again? Um, I actually am. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. not. Um, I, 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 I am. Too, I am too. But it just seems like that's the album that everyone. It's like there's always Eternal Nightmare, Oppressing the Masses. But there's, not like there's that. a lot of things that happen that a lot of people don't understand. Once I mean. Uh, Oppressing the masses was where we left one label and got on another. Yes. You know, um, luckily I was 
playing with Exodus on the Headbangers Ball Tour uh, in 89, right? Yeah, who was it? That was uh, Anthrax, Exodus, and Halloween? Yes. And so um, I was constantly around Johnny Z, all the people from Megaforce because of Anthrax. Um, Metal Maria and I were best friends, always hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Megaforce, obviously. Um, Metal Maria and Johnny were always good friends with Debbie Abono. Yes. And so uh, when... That was an easy transition, right? Wasn't you know we, we won't talk about how great it was for the band, but that's another issue, right? Um, but the transition, as far as coming off of one label into another, was pretty seamless, and we were able to go right into the studio, right? You know, the other when uh, Johnny lost his um, distribution with Atlantic, um, we had already spent the money to record the album, so we oh. owed that money back. Someone right. had to release it. Well, Johnny didn't have distribution, so someone had to buy that album for, you know, what we spent on it, which was a lot. And at that time, the metal scene was dying, and no one wanted to spend the money to buy that record. Right. Um, And so it got shelved. And so there are a lot of bitter, bitter feelings about the industry and how everything... And, of course, we all turned on each other. Right. Because, uh, you know, the label will never say, look, this is what's really going on, but they do is they back you in a corner and they get you all looking at each other and tell you it's your fault. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you're not selling records. It's you. And right. when you hear it enough, you believe it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's when I left. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm washing my hands for this and I'm done. Right. And, uh, now I, I mean, Sean brought Mark Hernandez in like the next day. He was so mad at me. He just, he wouldn't even talk to me. He just like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing in this kid. You're done. And, you know, and uh, I was like, okay. And I went and I was going to play with Billy and Bob. And I was like, well, fuck you guys too. So, you know. Um, right. It, it's funny just how we weren't really ready to see it for what it was. And I mean, Sean ended up leaving later too and doing the same thing I did. Right. Getting a job getting married, having a family, buying a house, um, because you realize you can make so much more money in the private business, and you're in control of that a little sure. more. You're not in control of anything in the music business. Right. You know, you're, it's a game of chance, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's just kind of how that worked out. And then, of course, I wanted to use Alex Perialis, who did uh, Oppressing the Masses. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Z forced us to use Michael um, Rosen. Um, I didn't know anything about the guy. I didn't know. I, I listened to some of his work, wasn't really happy with it. Didn't think it was the greatest. Wasn't bad, but right. I wasn't impressed. And, uh, it just was a nightmare. I mean, right. I almost get, I, I mean, there were times when he had to leave the studio because I was ready to just fist fight with him. Ugh. I mean, I wanted to snap his neck. I mean, yeah. physically, I wanted to do him bodily harm in a way that was not going to be good for both of us. And he would have definitely not been better for it. You right. know, I had to record with Vinny. Yeah, I had to have our engineer come in and I would record with him and kick Mike out. Ah. And uh, so that that relationship of that recording was just bad from the beginning. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's been like the general you know, sentiment. And, uh, yeah, that's been like the general, you know, yeah. discussion about it. Yeah, and some of the songs were fucking great. You know, I don't think every song was uh, perfect, but um, 
you know, I think as a group, we wrote that album. And yeah. as a group, we died with that album. Yeah. You know, and um, it's hard when you're a young kid and you're getting fed so much crap or a young man, you're being fed crap from every angle. You don't know what to believe. And, right. uh, you know, after that album was done, I mean, even some of the record people were like, well, we're not going to tour on this album. This album's pretty much shelved, so you can start writing your next album. And, you know, we were like, what? Uh, <laughs> we didn't uh, write an album. We just finished it. Right. You know? And uh, so that's how that that's how that went. And it was like, that's when I washed my hands. I was just like, okay. Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's just a mess. Yeah. You know, and Exodus, we're watching everybody else die. You know, slowly die. You know, um, they weren't doing good numbers. Um, so... It wasn't just us, you know, numbers were bad for a lot of people. Sure. And uh, that was just a sign of the times, right? Yeah. And it was like, okay, you know, I don't want to be in a garage band or make a mockery out of it. It either works or it doesn't. And I, I decided to leave. So yeah. that's how that album, that's why that album is always part of that, uh, that gray cloud, right? Yes. Because, you know, oppressing, Oppressing was something like Rob couldn't wait. Rob Rob got into Eternal Nightmare, but you know had one song. Right, most of it was Phil. Right, and and I and, and Sean writing all this stuff, and uh, mostly Phil and Sean, and then I'd help with the arrangements. And um, Oppressing was going to be a lot more where Rob got to contribute. Right, and we did a lot more collaboration or putting things together as a band, you know, which was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I remember when in MTV, it's like, I don't want to be in an accident. I want to go home and I want to record Oppressing the Masses. Right. Because I wanted to be in my band. Sure. And uh, and that meant a lot to me. You know, that's my band. That's my music. And uh, that represents me. And that's what I want to be about. Right. And uh, so that's what we did. And, you know, I'm very proud of... I'm, I'm proud of all the records. I wish... Um, Nothing to gain could have just been produced better. Right. And uh, it's not even, you know, there are songs that sound different from other songs, mm-hmm. um, which kind of is a reflection of what we're talking about. Sure. You know, um, yeah. Alex Perry Alice always yeah. told me, you know, never let an engineer tell you he's going to fix it in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the second day recording with Michael Rosen, he was like, well, don't worry about it. I'll just fix it in the mix. <laughs> That's just like ding, no, no, dude, no, that's, no. You and I need yeah. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was downhill from there. So yeah, you know, I think yeah. now we're all grown up. We do our own stuff. Uh, we do a lot of pre-production with uh, Christian in our own studio. Christian and I spent a lot of money uh, just buying studio gear, which has been a kick too, right? Been a lot of fun. It's like, dude, let's get this piece of hardware let's get this hard drive and let's do this and you know it's fucking uh, great man it's like it's like your it, fucking kids again it's awesome yeah it's 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 just stupid fun yeah I mean, you know my wife is like oh man you spend another twenty eight hundred dollars on microphones huh she's <laughs> like would you buy 10 of them i'm like no i bought six dollars <laughs> 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 it's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah sorry yeah. Oh well, I'm enjoying it myself. Really good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know, she's actually happy because it's a lot less than I used to spend on racing motorcycles and motorcycles and. Oh, there you go. The bikes. So <laughs> there you go. You know, 
Yeah, buy for ten thousand a drop. And yeah, she, I'm not doing that anymore. So she's happy about that. Hey, so, yeah. So I'm now I know a brand new kitchen, so she's happy about that too. She gets hey. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So now I know I know that you you're loving the new stuff, but now forget the new stuff for a minute. What what's your favorite violence record that you did? I want to say oppressing the masses. Okay. So the reason they're both pretty they're both pretty even. Okay, of course. They were different times in life, right? Of course. Yeah. Your first record is just um I don't know, you're just getting into some decent equipment, right? You've been playing shit equipment your whole teenage life, you know. I mean using electrical tape on my drumsticks to hold them together because I couldn't afford it, you know. Sure. Sticks, right? Yeah. Cutting my fingers on all my cracked symbols, you know, because doing symbol grabs when I shouldn't. Right. And uh, now you you've got all this nice equipment, and and it's a happy ass time, right? You're just like, yeah. wow, <laughs> you know. And then you go in the studio, and for the first time, you hear your music at a professional level. And I gotta admit, the first—I mean, a demo is one thing, but when you record a record for the first time and you hear it like that, yeah, I mean, it'll bring tears to your eyes if you I'm really sure. love your music. It'd just be like, wow, man, I had no—I mean, you just—it's just so mind blowing because course. you're just like, wow. I mean, you, you will second guess yourself, like, is that me? Is yeah, that really me? me? Holy like, shit, ah, that's me. Awesome. And you just, you know, happy dance, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Some cool shit. I wish I wish every musician could kind of uh at least at least experience that a few times, you know, because that is that is where the good shit's at. Yeah. You know, That's fucking no great. matter whether it's music or life, whatever, just have those good those good moments, man, where you're a stupid kid again in your head. Yeah. And uh, and digging it, you know. Fucking beautiful, man. I'm yeah. So, I'm glad that you're fucking back. I can't wait to hear the record. Whenever it comes out, I'm not one to start rushing and pointing fingers, telling people what to do as far as hurrying up. No, whenever it comes out, it'll come out. It'll be it'll be here yeah. like this. I'm sure time flies, so it'll be out. I'm looking fucking forward to it. Now, I wanted to ask you, because I put this out on YouTube raw, just how it is, and I also I run it on I, I post this to to the Facebook group raw as it is, but everywhere else where it's audio, I put my little intro on it, and I will ask you. You need to pick two violent songs, but not calling in the corner, and not TDS. You have to. You have to. You have to. You have to put pick two other songs to end this with your call. Well, I'd probably say "Oppressing the Masses." The the, the song, uh, just okay. like the, the song. I love the toms in it, and probably uh, "Torture Tactics." Sick. Because <laughs> "Torture Tactics," I mean, it, "Torture" is one of those that's so hard sometimes, and. Uh, at least for me, uh, structure-wise, uh, unless I played it like a million times before I go on, I I just I it, it I get lost in that song. But um, or when I play it right, and <laughs> not the band me, right? Um, <laughs> there's some fucking magic, man. There's just some cool stuff, and um, I think 
Let the World Burn, one of our newest ones. It's at uh, probably sits between 210 and 215 beats per minute. Fuck. Just cruising. Just a cruising speed. Jesus. Has so many different um, little things in it and all this little music candy. Um, it's probably one of the most difficult songs to remember and structure. Uh-huh. And it's probably the most fun I have playing. Wow. Like, it is so hard. Like, I'm in my own head. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm like, one, two, three, four, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, change. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but it's because I love it, man. It, it is insane, man. And I can't, I mean, at first I'm like a little scared to play it live because I don't want to mess it up. But now uh, we've been playing it quite a few uh, times and I can't wait to play it live. I can't uh, wait for people I can't, to I can't wait to see hear it this stuff. Can't wait I, to see it live. I hope, I hope it's as cool as, I hope it's as cool as we think it is. You know, it or is. as it is, I hope it's as cool for everybody else as it is for me. You know, because uh, I'm, I'm having the time of my life. And, and you have <laughs> every right to. You like deserve to. We, we, do, we, do, uh, we do what we do, and we make sure that we're having fun first and foremost. So I think that's always the number one key in success is, you know, you got to be happy with your own stuff. Sure. You know, and if you are, you'll be all right. Yeah, you know? you'll be fine. So, yeah, or I won't. You know, either way, it's going to be all right. Everything's gonna be fucking fine, man. Right? Yeah. No, I'm. Dude. I've been pretty blessed. Uh, I'm a lucky person, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a like fortunate smile, guy. That smile and- I'm fortunate to have been able to speak with three of you guys, and uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll have Bobby on. Maybe I'll have Christian on. I'm down to talk to whoever. Yeah, you know what? I might even arrange that. So the next time, I'll see what I can do when they're up here. Um, if they're up there on a Saturday, you know, I'll shoot you the shit. Maybe you might get all three of us. I'm down. I, listen, I'm the easiest person ever. <laughs> I'm easy, man. Yeah. I mean, we, you, you might get all three of us on there talking at the same time for an hour and a half. Okay. You know, that'd be something. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely cool. Uh, there's a lot of stories there. I mean, whoo. Nice. Yeah, my wife usually has to come out and remind us, hey, you guys, it's 1230 at night. You guys want to come in? You're keeping the neighbors up. Of course. Yeah, like a bunch of fucking unruly teenagers. <laughs> yeah, you know, just having the time of their life. So, you know, yeah, good it's good. It's good stuff, man. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, listen, I, yeah. well, I, I'm going to wrap this up, but I'm, I'm not going to shut you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop recording in a minute, and I want to ask you something, but not on camera. Okay? okay. Dude, All right. but regardless. Thank you so much for your time, man. This was awesome. My pleasure, man. This was awesome. And we're going to, we're going to, we're ending with the title track from the 1990 classic Oppressing the Masses and the title track for Torture Tactics. Two great fucking songs. Looking forward (laughs) to the new record, Metal Blade Records, all that. Shout out to the rest of the guys in violence. And I can't wait. My man, Harry, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, man. Anytime. Later.
Get this trick somebody.